Well, this morning, uh, the message uh, is entitled, uh, Suffering, Groaning, and Future Glory, Oh My. <laughs> and that's a play which is Wizard of Oz, right? Uh, and so uh, I wanted to start off this morning uh, talking about the fact that uh, I love movies. I've always loved movies, but I love movies. Uh, in fact, uh, it's one of the ways that I relax. Uh, it's one of the ways that I just zone out. I can just give myself a couple hours and not, uh, not have to really think. Not, it just allows my mind to uh, just uh, process through the day. It, just, it gives me a relaxation as well. Uh, and at one time, I had a really big movie collection. It was really big. Uh, Brian Deal can attest to how big my movie collection is. As a matter of fact, it was so big that in the dorm, people would come and rent movies from me for free. They would just come in and start taking movies. And so I had to have a checkout list because I needed to know what movies were gone and when they were gone and who had them as well. And I know Brian probably came in a room several times to borrow several movies uh, at SBU. Um, but... Uh, I, I loved movies so much. As a matter of fact, um, and this is not the reason it took me five years to graduate college, but uh, <laughs> uh, that was because I, I switched degrees in, in the middle there, uh, going from music to uh, youth and, and uh, youth ministry and church ministry. Uh, but I loved watching movies. In fact, I watched so many movies, it totaled to be 126 days worth of movies. Now think that through, 126 days worth of movies. That's a lot of movies. As a matter of fact, that's right around 3,500 movies. Again, no reason why I didn't graduate in four years, but it took me five years of college. Uh, but I, I loved movies. We all enjoy a good movie. Why? Because it tells a story. It tells us a story of good and evil, happy, happy beginning, happy end. We love that story. We love the story, the guy gets the girl, the knight and the dragon. We love that story. As a matter of fact, most movies, if not all, almost all movies, unless it's based on a true story-ish kind of thing, uh, follow this Paradigm. Follow this. Guy gets the girl, night and the dragon. As a matter of fact, I made a chart to kind of show uh, what it looks like. So you have the start of the movie, you have the end of the movie. You have good and you have evil, or you have good and bad, however you want to look at that. Uh, but every movie follows this line. Starts off good, something bad happens, and then it takes all, all the rest of the movie to get to the end and where you have good. Almost every movie follows that, and, and if, if you want to uh, talk about that, I've seen way more movies than probably everybody in this room, uh, so uh, love to talk, and I, most movies don't surprise me because they follow this pattern. You see, we love this story. We love this pattern. We, we like this pattern, and we crave this story in our own lives. We crave, because a lot of us end up going, hey, this is good, and then bad things happen, and we crave for this story in our lives. Why do we crave for this story in our lives? Because this story is the gospel. See, the beginning we have creation. God made this a perfect place, perfect world. And we have the fall, sin, 
entering the world, then rescue, which takes a really long time, and then restoration in heaven, and Jesus returning. We love this story. It's the gospel. It's what we crave in our lives. In this morning's message, we're going to look at uh, several different points out of Romans uh, chapter 8. And we're going to point back to this, this arc and this story and this theme uh, throughout this morning. And so if you would read with me this morning, Romans chapter 8, and we're going to be reading 18 through 30, and then we'll go back through each verses as well. Romans chapter 18, starting, or chapter 8, starting verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from, the, from its bondage to the corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what uh, what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what to self intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Paul gives us a look into our world today as well. And first this morning through, through this chapter in Romans, we see that we have current suffering. And through our current suffering, we need to realize and, and we need to begin to think biblically so that we are not destroyed by it, but we grow through it. Think biblically so that we are not destroyed by it, but we grow through it. If we don't turn to God, we don't turn to God's word, suffering and pain will destroy us. It will bring us down. But when we focus on God, when we focus on God's word, and we focus and we look towards God, and we think biblically about our pain and suffering, we will grow through it. Paul shows us three areas that we suffer and grow, groan. And the first, we see that creation groans. Romans 8, 18 through 22. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing for the glory that it is to be revealed to us. 
For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. That the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to the corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Creation was made perfect, but today it's in pain. We see natural disasters throughout history. We see hurricanes and tornadoes and and earthquakes and mudslides and drought and wildfires and, and just all of the aspects of creation. Creation groans in pain because of Sin. We see that chart going. We see God created this. God created Earth to be perfect. Sin entered the world. Creation groans. It hurts. And we see, in almost, it seems like it just—they keep getting worse and more often. Natural disasters do. I had a professor in college one time. I said. Um, did that, did that natural disaster happen because of the sinfulness of the people there in, in that location? And he said, no, it, natural disasters and things like that did not happen because of their sin. It happened because of sin. Because of sin entered the world, uh, this world is no longer perfect. And, and what God created to be perfect is now, now skewed by sin. We've fallen. And creation groans in the pain and the suffering of sin. Creation was made perfect, but today it's in pain. Next we see that believers groan. Romans 8, 23. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of of our bodies. Adam and Eve were made perfect, but sin entered the world, which brings us pain and suffering. We go through a lot of pain. We see a lot of suffering as believers. We see a lot of suffering through just humanity. Uh, even this week, uh, with the school shooting uh, in Florida, and if we, no matter where your opinion is on that, uh, people are hurting. People are suffering. So we just take one, just a couple of seconds, and we're going to just pray for those families and the people in, in the community down in Florida. So if you pray with me real quick. Dear Father, I just I pray uh, and, and pray for the families that are hurting in Florida, God. I just pray for that community as they begin to uh, gather together and mourn the loss of friends and family members, God. I just pray that uh, you will be with them and, and allow them to see the hope that they can have in you. And God, not, not to point fingers and not to point direction at anything, but God, just to focus towards you and give you the glory for your plan, even though pain and suffering is hard and hurts. God, I just thank you for, uh, for your plan. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You see, there's a lot of suffering that goes on in this world. We go through a lot of hurt and pain in this world. In 2013, my dad was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer in uh, in May of that year, and in June of that year, he passed away. Man, it, uh, our family hurts. 
My dad loved Jesus with all his heart, and it, and it hurts. Go through loss. My mom's still in pain. She still hurts. She still uh, groans in pain over the loss of my dad and, and what she goes through and what, she's, what she still goes through and what we go through as a family. There's times I'm like, I, I was like, I want to go call my dad because I'm going through something and, and I can't do it. And that hurts. Not just a few months after my dad passed away in that next spring of 2014, uh, I, uh, I was having some issues with my vision and went and got, a, got an MRI. And uh, we were, I was on a mission trip and they called Megan and said, hey, we think there might be something more there. And need you have another MRI. Got back and did the MRI. And we were home. We, we, from the MRI to our house was 30 minutes from the hospital to the, our house. And we got home and we were home for maybe five minutes and they called. I said, you have a brain tumor. It's about the size of your thumbnail. Uh, we're not really sure what it is or uh, what to do about it, but tomorrow you're going to go see a brain surgeon. Go see the brain surgeon. Can't do anything uh, because of where it's at. Uh, man, we, we go through pain and suffering. We go through trials. We go through uh, tough stuff as, as believers. And we go, through, we go through those things. My dad didn't die from cancer because he sinned. He got cancer because of sin. I, I went through all the, the stuff that I went through with a brain getting diagnosed with a brain tumor, not because I sinned particularly, but because sin entered the world and, and no longer is perfect. Childbirth is painful because of sin. Not because the mom did something wrong. Adam and Eve were made perfect, but sin entered the world, which brings us pain and suffering. We see now, we see that creation groans, and we see that believers groan. We also see that Holy Spirit groans. Romans 8, 26 through 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows that in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I want to make a quick note here that this is not speaking in tongues. This is the Holy Spirit praying on our behalf to God. It's not, God, it's not the Holy Spirit praying through us to God. It's the Holy Spirit praying to God, interceding for us because we don't have words to say. I remember going through uh, treatment and, and getting that phone call from, because from, the doctor is called Megan first, uh, and I remember Megan calling me and saying, hey, there's something more there that they want to have you an MRI, and me trying to be the, the, the tough guy that I try to be. Um, 
I, I told Megan, I'm, I'm fine. Everything will be fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, and because I say that about everything, don't worry about it. Uh, and uh, uh, and Megan will say, you, you always say that. And I was like, well, because there's a reason. Um, but uh, but I, I, I got the phone call and and I called, the, I called Megan, I called the doctor and asked them what, what we needed to do. And, and they said, when you get back from your mission trip, uh, have another MRI. And we had that scheduled for Monday. And, and man, I tell you what, in that moment, I had no words. And I'm usually not at a loss for words. Uh, I, I told one of our leaders, uh, who's a really great friend of ours, told one of our leaders what, what's going on. And, and she's like, I'm, I'm praying for you. Uh, she's like, you just need to go, go get alone go do your thing. And I got alone and I wept. I, I couldn't pray. I didn't have words to say. I didn't have things to say. I, I didn't know what to say or how to say it. I know Megan didn't know what to say or how to say it. But I know the Holy Spirit was interceding on my behalf because I didn't know what to say or how to say it in that moment. Getting home, getting the results from the that aspect, and the, and the doctor saying, "There's nothing we can do." I, I remember saying to Megan and, and her pastor, and I called Pastor Michael as well and let him know. And I don't, I don't know what to do or what to say, but I want God to have the glory for him. And that's all I could say is, I want God to have the glory. I want God to be shown the glory through this process, whether I live or I die. I want Him to have glory. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't know what to say or how to say it. And we just began to just give it over to God and just say, okay, God, whatever you have. And we had, that's about all we could do and say. Going to doctors, uh, going to the neurosurgeon and they saying, there's nothing we can do. Can't do surgery on it. Relying on the Holy Spirit to pray through me and for me. And, and then going to Mayo Clinic because they couldn't figure out what it was. And going into the, the office and saying, I don't know what it is, but you're going to have to have surgery like now because of, because of the fluid and everything. So you're going to see the chief neurosurgeon and going and visiting that afternoon and going, you're having surgery Thursday. Uh, wow. Like, oh, we didn't have words. We didn't know what to say or how to say it or what to pray or how to pray. Holy Spirit on her behalf, going through treatment, not knowing what to say or how to say it through treatment. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't drive myself anywhere. And Megan had to drive me everywhere, which was trusting God fully there. Um, <laughs> but uh, I just thought of that. That was really funny. Um, but uh, but um, she asked me if I was going to talk about her driving today, this morning. And I said, I'd probably not, but I did. Um, <laughs> But, but I had to rely on other people in the church to drive me as well because I couldn't drive. I, I had no energy. Uh, having to have help get off the table during treatment because I couldn't sit up by myself. Trusting the Holy Spirit and, and trusting God uh, for what he's doing in my life and praying on my behalf. And then... In that December, after our treatment, after my treatment, and going through all of that, had a scan, and the doctor came in and said things are things are looking good, and we said, okay, well, how good? Uh, and he, he said, and my neuro neuro oncologist said, if I didn't know 
what I was looking at, where I was looking at, and have seen the, seen the scans beforehand, I would say you've never had a tumor in there in the first place. Which is, which is amazing, trusting God and trusting the Holy Spirit to pray for us and pray on our behalf. And trusting God for his glorified foundation. He gives us all of this, all of this pain and suffering that we go through. Sits on a foundation. Romans 8, 28 through 30 says this. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined and he confirmed the, to the image of his son. In order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And for those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. All of our pain and suffering sits on the foundation of his plan. His plan is perfect. His plan is salvation in the cross. Everything that we go through, all the loss that we have, all the pain that we have. I tell you what, I had to take three ibuprofen this morning because of my workout I did on Thursday. I'm still sore from it. Uh, all of that pain and suffering that we go through sits on the foundation of his perfect plan for us. The salvation and the cross. Jesus died on his plan is perfect, not my plan. If I had a plan, I would say I never got cancer. If I had a plan, my dad would still be here by my plan. But it's his plan, not my own. His plan is perfect. Why? Because if I have Jesus, I have everything I need. If I have Jesus, I have everything I need. If I have Jesus, if I have Jesus and I have a brain tumor, I have everything I need. If I have Jesus and my dad's no longer here because he's not, I have everything I need. There's times that I want to call my dad up and talk to him so bad, but I can't. Because, but you know what? I have Jesus. And I call my heavenly father. If it was up to me, earthquakes, like uh, all, the, all the natural disasters out there wouldn't happen, but it's not up to me. It's his plan. All the hurt and turmoil in this world wouldn't have it, but, but you know what? It's God's plan. He has it figured out. If I have Jesus, I have everything I need. And because if I have Jesus, I have everything I need, then we also have a future hope. We're going to go back to verses 24 through 25. It says this, For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for hope for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Hebrews 11 points to this hope as well. Now faith is the assurance for things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Sitting on the, on the bed being wheeled back into operating room for, for brain surgery, uh, I don't see the end of that. I don't know what's going to happen on the end of that. But I had hope and trust in Jesus and his plan for me. 
I didn't see the end of treatment, starting out treatment. And they told me I'd lose my hair in certain places. I wasn't prepared to wash my hair one day and my hand be full of hair. I wasn't prepared for that because I couldn't see it coming. Like, yeah, they told you things are going to happen, but I, w- I didn't see the things coming. I didn't see the end of treatment. I didn't see the, uh, the end result. I didn't know if the end result was me spending eternity in heaven with Jesus, which would have been awesome, or spend, etern- spend not eternity here on earth. That would be horrible. Uh, spend, spend the rest of my life here on earth uh, living out and living for Jesus with everything I have. I didn't know the end, but I had hope in Jesus Christ because he's everything for me, and he's all I need. But because we can put our future hope in him and that it's, we don't see the end. That's the point of hope. We hope in what we cannot see. If we can see the end, hope is, hope is a little bit more difficult and it takes faith. So we need to be patient through the suffering. We're going to suffer. We're going to have hard days. We're going to have tough stuff in our lives. Be patient through the suffering. Why? He wins in the end. We win in the end. Be patient through suffering. He wins in the end. We win in the end. And that's the greatest thing ever. Knowing the end is awesome. We have hope in the end. We can look to the end when we're going through tough stuff. When I was going through cancer, Megan and I looked to the end. We looked to God. We looked to the future glory. We looked at what he was going to do, what he died on the cross for us to do. And it was for us to spend eternity with him in heaven, not in pain and not in suffering anymore. My dad got to experience that early. He wins in the end. As we close this morning, I have a final thought for you guys, a final story. If you've ever watched your favorite team or a team you're rooting for uh, play in the Super Bowl, and some of you are like, no. <laughs> uh, uh, with the team you're rooting for or your favorite team, all right, uh, play in the Super Bowl, uh, you were anxious as the game progressed, especially if it was close. And if your team fumbled or threw an interception, you groaned. You didn't know the outcome. You hoped they would win, but your hope was uncertain. Maybe you even got depressed or down or defeated when they were, be- were far behind. But if your team came from behind and won in the last seconds of the game, and later you watched a replay of the game, your whole attitude was completely different. You didn't despair when they fumbled and fell behind because you knew how it all would turn out. Knowing the certainty of the future glory of the game gave you the hope to persevere through the setbacks of the game. See, if we become anxious or depressed in the trials and lose hope, it's because we've forgotten the absolute certainty of the outcome. Future glory forever with Christ. That's our outcome. That's the end. That's the, the end of the story is us spending eternity in heaven with Jesus and God. And that's what we look forward to. Sometimes we forget that when we're going through the pain and suffering that we go through. But God has promised future glory. Keeping that in view will enable you you to persevere any suffering with hope of that future glory. Pray with me. God, I just pray this morning as we 
prepare ourselves to go out this week in this tough world that's full of sin, full of uh, suffering and pain, that you will allow us to just seek after the hope that you've given us. And the end of the movie is, is spending eternity in heaven with you. God, just thank you for all that you do and all that you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.